0: Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome all of you back to Ohio ExoPolitics. I'm your host, Mark Snyder. We're going to be on from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And I'm pulling my guest in, Barbara DeLong. We're going to be talking about the Billy Meyer case, specifically about reincarnation, the creation, creational natural laws, one of Billy's book, books called The Might of Thoughts. Barbara how are you today?
1: Doing well thank you.
0: I'm having a an interesting day. I'm also dealing with one of my pets who is I think coming near the end of his life so if I have to break away I may depend on you to kind of take the show for a few minutes until I get back.
1: Oh, no problem. No problem I,
0: at all. I know you've done enough radio shows. You could probably <laughs> talk for an hour just off the top of your head. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> we, uh, we uh, Barbara and I, have been kind of working together to get the the Meyer information out, as also is Stephen Woods, who's kind of being my producer today, and Rem Remington and Carol Steves from out in Colorado. There is a growing group group. Uh, groups that are popping up all over the country that are studying the Meyer information. And when I'm talking about the Meyer information, I'm talking about the mostly the books of Edward Albert Meyer, who's an 81-year-old man who lives in Hinter Schmidrudy in Switzerland. Hinter meaning behind and Schmidrudy being a, a tiny mountain village there about 45 minutes east of Zurich in the snow capped mountains and the green forests of Switzerland. And he's Billy's been writing books for oh, for quite some time. Now he's got something like fifty books. I think we're gonna focus on the might of thoughts today, as well as talking about reincarnation, something called the creation, creational natural laws. And uh, there are a couple other books that are real interesting. One is called The Psyche. The other one called The Way to Live. And the fourth book is called The Goblet of Truth. Now, these are bilingual books, <laughs> as Barbara's probably familiar with. Um, you know, on the left page you have the German, and on the right page you have the English. So we English-speaking people, I think, get a slightly diluted form of the book and it's still so overwhelming you can't hardly even conceive it so uh, wouldn't you agree Barbara that uh, the Meyer information is so <laughs> profound it's just really hard to even you know it, it's just it's like peeling away layers of an onion don't <laughs> me?
1: I I would highly recommend anybody getting into the Meyer material should spend time on the websites and read a lot of the um, the different discussions that he's had with the different um, with the different entities um, people that he's talked to that that have been that, that they come from other other planets um, before you dive into this material because it is I, I mean the Meyer material is all focused on love and sharing and compassion. And I mean, that's what he preaches. It's all very, very spiritual material. But, but until you're a little familiar with how he's gathered this material to dive into um, the only two books that I've got is might've thought and um, Chalice, the goblet of truth Mm -hmm. and the goblet of truth is a great doorstop um it, it's a huge book
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, it's so huge i'm telling you it's so huge yeah
1: and and the print is small
0: yes extremely small
1: so so I, i'm not in any way saying the material isn't great because it is but i am saying that you should become a little familiar with billy his process the, the meetings with the different uh, people that he, that he met with, the information they shared with him, and, and the philosophy that they shared with him before you go putting on hip boots and wading into these other two books. They are heavy-duty spiritual books.
0: So I, I think what Barbara's saying is go out to www.futuremankind.info <laughs> and read some of the contact reports. There are yeah. 2,000 contact reports out there. And that's where I started.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have to admit that that while I have the two books and I am working my way through them, I'm finding that if I want to have some some informative reading that is a little more light
2: mm-hmm. um, and easier good to, to read, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> um,
1: you know, I, I went to the websites because because there you have the the contacts you have and i and i would i would not say do the um do the youtube ones because it it appears to be at least the ones i've listened to appear to be a computer reading it and the monotone and everything sets you off i it, it's you know and if that's how you learn that's great go for it but i mm-hmm. have found that actually reading the material myself hearing it in my own voice in my own head gives me a greater grasp of the material.
2: Hmm. That's very
0: interesting. Well, do you think it's okay, Barbara, if I give maybe a five- or ten-minute overview just to set the stage?
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Go for it.
0: Well, back in 1943, when Billy was living in Bullock, Switzerland, which is farther north than he is now even, he started to get these telepathic messages. And he would see an elderly man's face, and he would hear his voice, but he was seeing it in his mind. And at this time, Billy was about five years old. And after this went on for a while, he eventually talked to the pastor of his local village there, Pastor Rudolph Zimmerman, who was very open to this kind of thing because Pastor Zimmerman also had his own telepathic messages from these extraterrestrials now these people have been called the Pleiadians for many many years but they're really not from our Pleiades they're they're from um, a planet called era that's some 80 light years beyond our Pleiades in what they call a different space-time configuration so our universe, You'll see the number seven pop up a lot. And in the material aspect of our universe, it's divided into seven different realms or seven different space-time configurations. And there's, ironically, amazingly, there's human beings in all these different space-time configurations. Well, these particular people that are sometimes called the Pleiadians are really the Pleiarans. And they have visited our world in the past. In fact, they've been involved in civilizations in our world. And they say that their forefathers are our forefathers. And the people that populated our Milky Way galaxy are from Lyra Vega. And they are the Lyrians, but they're the Lyrians in a different space-time configuration than we are. And... Swoth was the first contact person that Billy had, and he would send these telepathic messages to Billy. Finally, they met. Swoth landed his strange silvery pear-shaped craft in a field nearby some woods uh, where Billy lived. Billy lived in Bulac, Switzerland at that time. And um, when he saw Swoth come out of the ship, Swath had like a diver suit on, like a gray Skin-tight suit without a helmet, and Billy always commented that it felt as if he was lifted up by ghostly hands, and he was brought into this ship. and Swath would always take the ship up at some high point, uh, very, very high. I don't forget the exactly in some, in some Earth orbit. And what he was doing was preparing Billy's conscious mind and his subconscious mind for this lifetime mission. And Billy's lifetime mission is to write down something called the teaching of the spirit. And the, the, this these writings are 50 books and they may be complete by now I'm not sure. But these 50 books will constitute the information that will take us from a civilization that's destroying itself, that's involved in an extinction event right now, to a society that starts to live according to what are called creational natural laws. And one of the things that Barbara and I are going to discuss tonight is one of these laws called reincarnation. And that's the first one of the first things that Swath started to teach Billy is who he was in his previous lives. And he told Billy that he had been the people that the people on the earth now call Enoch, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, and Muhammad. And that each one of these lifetimes he taught this teaching of the spirit, but it was never written down. If it wasn't written down, it was always distorted and twisted. So this time, in this lifetime, it's going to be written down by the person that taught the information, so it stays and it's as much as possible in its original form. But this very ancient spirit form is much older than the earth. And now I have to explain, and this is where we get into some of the the specifics of reincarnation. And, well, maybe let's get Barbara in this conversation. Let me just quickly describe what the spirit form is, and then Barbara can comment. The spirit form is something that comes into the embryo at 21 days. Uh, 21 days after the sperm fertilizes the egg, the universal consciousness has put into place this natural thing that occurs where a, a bit of fine matter enters into the brain of the embryo, and it, goes into what's called the superior colliculus, which is the middle brain, which is where sight and hearing and all these other areas are are brought together. And the spirit form contains all the wisdom and all the knowledge of all the previous lives. And it brings with it also a material consciousness And these are some of the specifics that we'll talk about soon. The material consciousness has a subconscious that has all the wisdom. The programmed evolutive values of the previous lifetimes are stored in the subconscious. And the unconscious is there. The subconscious is there. And what this extraterrestrial human is trying to do, what Swath is trying to do, is help prepare... This, this human being who has all of these previous personalities that go back 9.6 billion years. Yes, you heard me, 9.6 billion years. This spirit form that's in Edward Albert Meyer is older than the earth, which is supposed to be about 5 billion years old. So this will give you perspective. This is not a contactee case. This is not the Travis Walton case where a man um, had one specific experience with an extraterrestrial and uh, with an extraterrestrial ship that, you know, he was a logger, he got too close. When the ship took off, he kind of got zapped and they ended up picking him up and trying to help him. Um, This is not this kind of case. And Barbara, maybe you could chime in there just to kind of comment on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the spirit form... Um, is is, I guess if I had to describe it, I would say it is, it is an etheric form that has no physical attributes at all. It is pure energy, but it is energy that has been programmed for this particular. It, it, it is energy that it is the spirit energy that goes lifetime to lifetime to lifetime, and in in my reading. Um, they talk about an overall consciousness block and a consciousness block, and it doesn't mean that it, it, it doesn't mean that they are blocked. It means it is a block of information.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it.
1: And and you know when I kept looking at these blocks, I kept thinking. Why are they blocking and they're not?
2: <laughs>
1: it, it it's a block of information if you and, and they're information banks. And yep. what is what, what is so fascinating to me is that as the spirit as information is brought into this embryo, there is a general outline for for their life and the direction they ought. O U-G-H-T. To take, but as you grow and evolve, you you can make many many choices, so that it doesn't necessarily mean that 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 pattern that was sort of given you is the you know it's you know I hate to say this, but most men you give a map to and they say I'll find my own way, and most women will say thank you very much, give me a flashlight so I can make sure I don't go off my path. Um, it's not quite that way, but but in in other words, you are given a general arena to work in, but you are not told what you need to do.
0: You know, there's this new age term now, MGT. Uh-huh. Have you heard the MGTOW?
1: Um.
0: Have you seen that on the, uh, in the YouTube?s That's in it stands for Men Go Their Own Way. <laughs> it does seriously. Yeah.
1: Well, no, and we do, and that's okay. But I think what. What is so amazing, and the more research I did, the more the more I sat back and said, "Whoa, this is really cool stuff. First, there's no heaven and there's no hell. Yeah. and and there there is no judgment, and there is no punishment.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: And each lifetime is unique unto itself. And this is the part that I've always believed, but it was nice to see it in writing too. Um you you um, your personality, after after you pass away and go into the beyond, um, your your personality, after all of the information is downloaded into the the banks of knowledge or your hall of knowledge or record or whatever you want to call it, your personality dissolves
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and it, it will be no more. You will not have that personality again That's ever.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and the other part which which I found fascinating, you know how people say, well I'll wait for you and I'll meet you on the other side and all of that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, and and the fact that that you know once you have gone into that other side, you have a, a, a greater range of understanding of what the purpose of everything is. And a lot of the human Aspects that we have clung to um, Don't apply anymore
0: Yeah but now, it's-, it's, it's interesting I think somewhere it says um, It talks about a universal Universal storage bank So the Meyer material and, and And Barbara's picking up on a lot of Important stuff here Talks about storage banks Now the planet has storage banks The solar system The galaxy The universe has storage mm-hmm. banks and the personality is dissolved, but I think some of this information related to the personality is is definitely stored in the storage bank.
1: Oh, absolutely! And the cool thing, um, you we have we have access to our universal storage banks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but but it's a matter of figuring out how to do it, and and therein comes. The, the universal laws, or, or whatever you want to call them, um, and and I went looking for you know just what are these universal, oh
0: um, the creational natural laws.
1: Yeah, you want and, me
0: to go over those now quickly?
1: Yeah, why don't you do that? Because okay. they are they are so literally universal. It's wonderful.
0: Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about those. Um, we're talking about. The creation, the universal consciousness, Uh, everything which exists in the whole universe is the manifestation of the might and the infinite and true love of this mighty universal consciousness. So what are these laws? First is the law of love. And this is the highest form of love. It's called effective love. And there's a writing that Billy has. It's, It's called Love Letter 27. He describes the love of creation. Uh, And he says, love is the highest principle in all creation, and through it, everything exists in absolute logic. So the law of love, we're not talking about romantic love. We're not talking about attraction love. We're talking about a reverence and effective love. It's the highest form of love that you can have. It's an understanding that everything in the universe is one, and it's all bound together. The second creational natural law is the law of striving. Now, if you're ever feeling like you're bummed out, you need to get striving. Because striving is directly related to your sense of life and your sense of happiness. And I'm going to pull out one of my favorite books. It's called The Way to Live. And on page 102, the creational natural law of striving is described this way. Striving creates the life right up to the being. Striving means delectation, which is a big word for satisfaction or happiness, in a form which is always fulfilling and progressive. To be without striving means unwillingness and affliction. Affliction is inhibited striving and inhibited life. So if you feel afflicted, you very well could not be striving as much as you should. And there are certain times in your life when you have to strive a lot. The other third creational natural law is the law of harmony. And this talks, the law of harmony is the bipolar structure composition of everything that exists. The positive and the negative. Mostly, when we're talking about the law of harmony, we're dealing with the the desired state of the human thought pattern. And you're supposed to be in neutral, positive, equalized thought. That means you're positive in your thinking, but you're not overly positive. For example, you're confident, but you're not overconfident. You're optimistic, but you're not overoptimistic. You're in a neutral, positive, equalized state, which is the desired state of the human thought pattern. Now, the opposite of neutral, positive, equalized is something called asartang. Asartang is a noun, and it means a very bad getting out of the control of the good human nature. So when you feel yourself having bad feelings, the thoughts usually... The feelings grow out of the thoughts, and usually your spirit form will tell you if your thinking is right or wrong, and a lot of times a feeling will arise. You'll have a negative feeling, so if you have a negative feeling, trace that back. You may find a negative thought there, so what we're talking about is maintaining the desired state of the human thought pattern, which is neutral equalize, neutral, positive, equalize, balance. This is the law of harmony. This is one of the laws of nature. If you think in this way, good circumstances will automatically come to your life. You'll have good thoughts, you'll have good feelings, you'll produce good habits, and good circumstances will come to your life. On the other side of the coin, if you do not think in a neutral, positive, equalized state, if your human thought pattern is a sartung, which means getting badly out of control of the good human nature, you will bring negative experiences into your life. And it's a very interesting, there's another German term called it It's an adjective, and it means pretty much the same as a sartang, but uh, used for nouns other than human beings. For example, some may argue that we have an ascartet, ascartet world. Our entire world is out of its natural balance because we, the people, have put things out of the natural balance. So anyway, that was a quick rundown on the creational natural laws: so the law of love, effective love, law of striving always working your goal in life is to evolve your consciousness you should be always working law of harmony have neutral positive in your thinking the law of prosperity and abundance comes next every life form and every human being will have plentiful abundance if you follow these these laws they will attract all kinds of abundance in your life now because we're violating a lot of laws related to population, it's harder and harder to maintain uh, a good balance in life altogether. So and, and, and another creational natural law, and it's what we've been we started to talk about me and Barbara did was reincarnation. So I'll leave it at that. There are other creational natural laws regard to population which I think we're also going to talk about, correct? Yes,
1: absolutely. I think what what happened was I was looking into the um creational natural laws and when I got into reading about them and and you know just before I go into this other area, um it, it's important to understand that these laws are cosmically Always at play within our lives and our realities. And if we not only learn about them but incorporate them into our way of life, th- then we've got something going. Mm-hmm. just just knowing about them doesn't do any good if you're not living them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: That's very true.
1: it's it's the it's the living of them that is sometimes difficult in today's society
0: very difficult.
1: And, and so you know it, it does sort of throw a wrench into the whole natural process here that we are a part of. Um, but as I was reading into all of these, I found um, a, a, a thing about overpopulation and, and in if you read the Meyer material, if you go through it, they are constantly talking about overpopulation and and how the planet is overpopulated and we should control our population and and there's a certain number of people that they recommend for the planet that that will help the planet to stay in balance and evolve and everybody'll be happy and and it'll be a kumbaya atmosphere and all that well we've we've overdone it and we started overdoing it in the 1700s we threw ourselves out of balance there
2: so true
1: and and of course religions have told us all to be, be fruitful and multiply and I think we 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 got our multiplication stuck and we went too far.
0: It's our favorite pastime
2: actually. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> well you know without television radio books and all of the other there's very little left but 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 what what I found fascinating was in in the overpopulation that, that we have created here it has affected our reincarnation process yep and and that to me was fascinating um usually according to the way things have been set up normally when someone passes over it takes about 150 of our Earth years for the process of the dissolution of the personality and the ego and all of that into all of the different banks. And then the spirit form begins to create a new personality for another incarnation on the Earth plane because spirit can't do much without a physical form.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it has to be in a physical form in order to gather the wisdom and knowledge and stuff. It can't just turn, you know, planet Earth on and, and watch stuff and learn stuff. Apparently, this process is something that must be learned in a physical form. Hmm. Now, when, when we have the overpopulation, apparently the time in the beyond is cut short the process of the download and then the creation of a new personality is cut short and often it isn't completed so a person incarnates with confusion with upset with memories of a past life that they shouldn't be you know drawing on immediately
2: mm-hmm.
1: with i mean there are whole, whole bunches of of mental disorders that can be traced back to the fact that they incarnated more rapidly than than was recommended. Um I you know, because there is no time in the beyond, I find it confusing that such a great length of time is needed for the download and the upload and all of that. But
0: well, can I comment on that real quick? Sure, yeah. Um my understanding is that however long you spend in the material life, it takes one point five Two times that length in the spirit realm. So if you spend 100 years, you will spend 150 years in the spirit realm. But like Barbara's saying, that time is cut short because of overpopulation, because the spirit comes back again too soon. Now, that has a side effect. One of the side effects is a lack of maleness, that that males come back not so male. Are we noticing that? At all. Um, the other thing that happens is that when spirit forms come back, there's a lack of independence. It's harder for kids to get started. They stay with their parents longer and longer. And I think we're seeing these two um, truths play out, don't you, Barbara?
1: Well, yes, absolutely. And and on top of that, um, usually there is a personality that is fully Form that that comes into the embryo and that is not completed so that so that people with personality disorders are coming through more often than not um and w- what i found also was that that homosexuality you know is, this is one of the reasons for that there is a a confusion as to orientation
0: all right you have to show me that i don't remember that specifically but that's very interesting that's very, very interesting.
1: I think I think I did send it to you in that.
0: Oh, thing is it in there? Is it is it is it in that little that big giant text that you sent me?
2: Okay, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, and, and what, what I found fascinating was that that um, we have the power, you know, mind of thought or, or th- yeah, might have thought. We have the power. If for instance, I I Predetermine that I want to come back as a woman next time. Mm-hmm. It is not. It is not the genetics that determines the sexuality. It is the spirit that determines it.
0: Well, you know, this is a great segue, and I don't know that we make that decision. Maybe it says that in what you sent me. I, I, but, but it's a great segue because Mary from Switzerland, the lady that works right with Billy. Marion Eulinger, I'm probably not even pronouncing her name correctly, but we send emails back and forth and I send her questions a lot. And she turned me on to a guy named Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's a scientist who was doing stem cell research for years. And what he did is he would put these stem cells in a Petri dish and he would add a specific kind of medium to the stem cells and the stem cells would grow bone. They would become bone cells. Then he would take another petri dish and he would put a certain kind of medium in there the stem cells would become fat cells and then he would take another petri dish put the stem cells in there add a different medium and then they become muscle cells and what he learned that is uh the cells respond to the environment they're in it's Mm -hmm. not the genetics yeah The genes are just a blueprint. You don't turn on a gene or turn off a gene because it's a blueprint. You can't turn on and off a blueprint. That's all they are. So and that's one of the things that we're learning here. That's what's so incredible. And and Dr. Bruce Lipton teaches this that our thoughts really determine our health, not our genes. Not our genes. Go ahead.
2: Well,
1: and that that's that's true. And and there are so many Genetically speaking, there are so many strands that are not activated, but the spirit can activate them, and so it's the spirit that activates male or female, it's the spirit that activates there. There is a, a um,
0: are you sure about that? Well, <laughs> I, I can't.
1: Proof, what, what kind of proof do you want? I well,
0: mean, I, I, I have you read that? I, I just don't remember hearing that specifically.
1: It's, it in could that, be. it's in that blurb I sent you.
0: Okay, I'm going to have to read that. That must be one of the most... That's fascinating. I stand corrected. Go ahead. <laughs> and
1: that's and what, I fa- what I found fascinating was that, that we really do have control to a great degree over our life and, and our lives and it's a matter of understanding you know one of one of the other creational natural laws is is parenting and making sure that we parent our children and prepare them for adulthood and stuff like that mm-hmm. so so our responsibilities here on the planet not just for ourselves but for the people around us but um when when it came into the reincarnation stuff it was also interesting that you you reincarnate back into a culture that is common to the one that you left
0: yes i thought that that was really interesting yeah in other words if you were a scientist in your previous life you're not going to reincarnate as some you know person living in the jungle you know somewhere in the congo that's basically living in a a hut you know that that doesn't happen either is what we're saying
1: no and 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 if you look at billy's different incarnations they were all in in about the same area of the world
0: oh i hadn't noticed that that's very interesting
1: so so that um you know we we our reincarnation and and what was one of the other things that i found so fascinating and and it was a question asked of billy i think somebody said if if you were in a, a rocket ship in space, and a baby was born. Where would the um, where would the consciousness block be that 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 was close or uh, close to um, where that baby came from and stuff? And where would that be? Ba- where would that spirit incarnate? And it would be the closest planet to where there were humanoid um, entities.
0: So, um, I've heard him say before, and this is kind of along the same lines that, for example, there was another planet, allegedly in our solar system. It's called Mm -hmm. the planet Malona. And it was destroyed by its inhabitants. Uh, They redirected an ocean into a volcano, which split the planet in half. It blew up. It created our asteroid belt. Now, all those spirit forms traveled to the closest planet, yeah, which I don't know if if it, if it was the closest planet at that time was Mars or the Earth. But and then all life was lost on Mars, and the same process happened, where all those spirit forms went to the earth, which is very interesting, I think.
1: And apparently, we carry our spirit has that connection to the consciousness block and the over consciousness block. So no matter where we go, we have a link to those up, upload, um, I don't know what you would call them to those to those areas that we upload information to. I mean, if you're a computer, it's, it's you you have your uploads, you're still connected to them no matter where you go.
0: Let me go over the whole process again. Because we've added a lot of complexity here, I want to try to make it clear as possible. So what happens is um, the spirit form in the spirit realm that Barbara's talking about, um, the spirit form creates something called the overall consciousness block. And then what happens is it, there is a process which goes through your entire life, and it creates what are called evolutive values. And these evolutive values are, for example, your sense of cheerfulness, your sense of duty, your sense of honor, your sense of optimism, your sense of confidence, your ability in terms of logic, your discernment, your wisdom. All these evolutive values from the previous life are are. Created from the experiences and the memory that you had. The spirit form absorbs those, all those evolutive values. It grows in wisdom, it grows in knowledge from the experience of the previous life, and then it creates a new personality, it creates a new subconsciousness, and a new unconsciousness. So it programs those evolutive values into the subconsciousness of the new personality, then the spirit form leaves the spirit realm, brings in the new consciousness into the body of a child at 21 days old. It has those evolutive values in its subconscious, and it can't draw on those directly, typically, yet, until much, much later, much, much more highly evolved than people on the earth. Right now, we cannot access... Those evolutive values directly, but we're impulsed by those evolutive values. We get signals from our subconsciousness as the child grows up, it gets these signals. Well, it also gets impulses from the spirit form, so it gets a hunch on what's right. You know, people want to reduce understanding truth to this black and white. Uh, scientific thing where you're looking at data, you get impulses all the time from your spirit form about oh, yeah. what's the truth.
1: And, and you know, I want to I want to make something really clear here. I don't want people to think that that they will disappear when they die, because that's right. not true. You got to understand. Who we are, what we are at this moment in time is merely an expression of the spirit. We are the spirit.
0: Yeah. You know, I have a whole, you know, I I say when you learn the Meyer material, you experience something called cognitive dissonance, where you have like two values that exist in your mind, and they're like, Competing with one another and they're kind of disagreeing with one another and then slowly You get over the cognitive dissonance as you come to a greater understanding of things uh, But I, I I have many uh, Feelings of this process of cognitive dissonance Especially um, Learning uh, the Meyer information it's almost uh, it's hard a hard thing to put into words but what we have in our in our subconscious and in our conscious mind too, we have something. A lot of things that are called the Meyer material calls ideas, and these are incomplete, underdeveloped notions. They're not completely developed. Now you may think they are, or you, you they may be close even, but they're a lot of times usually not completely developed. Now. What happens is when we have these ideas, we usually incorporate some aspect of something that isn't completely true in these ideas. That's called an unvalue in the Meyer material. Well, as you learn more and more of this information, you will slowly feel the pressure of the truth squeeze the unvalues out. Okay? And that's a good thing because. Go ahead.
1: I didn't <laughs> oh no, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that I mean, I don't you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent agree w- in agreement with Billy as far as evolution and reincarnation goes because um I believe the spirit is not going is not evolving back to become a part of that original source. I believe personally that we are evolving to a place where we become a source.
2: Hmm. okay.
1: And that's 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 one of the few places that I really disagree with him, mm-hmm. but but you know for the most part, um, the material takes you away from the the restrictions of religion, and and it gives you a more spiritual outlook uh, and perspective on life and purpose.
0: I agree with you there. I would. I wanted to talk a little bit about something, uh, and these are. This is my list of important things to tell yourself. Uh-huh. Uh, Billy, if you as you read more and more of the book, he talks about the importance of being confident and optimistic and cheerful and relaxed and enthusiastic. So, not knowing that much about this. Or uh, still learning all the time, I should say, Uh, maybe six months, a year ago, I started to keep my list of all these categories that Billy was talking about. And I always put this in present tense. And I tell myself, you know, whenever I start to cycle wrong thoughts, thoughts that aren't neutral positive, I replace those negative thoughts with these simple statements like, I am confident. I'm optimistic. I'm cheerful. I'm relaxed. I'm enthusiastic. I'm thankful. I'm in harmony. I persist. I persevere. I endure. I am calm. I'm satisfied. Now, even if I don't 100% believe one of these statements at this particular moment, just saying that
2: mm-hmm.
0: will get you one step closer. For example, if you're not feeling confident, telling yourself, I'm confident will help you to get a little closer. In other words, you got to develop a feeling of trust in your own abilities, in your qualities, in your judgment. And you need to develop a feeling of self-assurance and an appreciation of your own abilities and qualities. So if you're a person that sometimes has a negative thinking, a lot of that can be right around self-doubt and anxiety. So, one of the most important things that you can do is break the cycle of negative thinking, gain control over the anxiety before it gains control over you. And you should be able to say, I am confident. And that'll help you very, very much. Also being optimistic. You know, this is very important. Learning to be optimistic. So what we're doing here, and I, this is where I wanted to go with all of this, is what you're doing by saying this over and over again, by repeating it, is you're programming the subconscious to get rid of those unvalues, to turn the ideas, I-D-E-A-S, to ideals, mm-hmm. which are completely and fully developed. So... There is a, a little section here um, that I want to read. Actually, I might have to just do it from memory, and I'll have to find it in my notes. Oh, here it is. It says, this is a contrast to entangled ideas confuse the thoughts and abruptly go from one extreme to another, whereby a misdirection of thoughts arises which triggers emotions and can even lead to manslaughter and murder. I know, uh, Barbie. You probably had a few times in your life where you felt your thoughts triggering emotions.
1: You know, it it that's true. And I once asked um, a person I studied with, you know, how do I get how do I overcome um, <clears throat> people who who aren't who are not nice to me, and, and I get angry and I feel negative thoughts to them. And and I said, I know I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. I know I'm supposed to be loving and kind and generous and all of this. And he looked at me and he said, you fake it till you make it. <laughs> and, and you know, it, it's true. Sometimes you, you, you know you want to say, you want to come back with a nasty comment, but you come back with a kind one instead. And it becomes more, the habit becomes more... Of a, responding in kindness than it does with, you know, I want to rip your hair
0: out.
2: <laughs> yeah, because but it's moments, interesting. those
1: moments—those moments still happen, though.
0: Well, it's interesting, though, that there is a process that already exists.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a there's a a series of steps. In other words, um, we start out with tangled ideas. You know, and I've noticed that about myself. If there's something I feel strongly about and you know, I've thought through it pretty much, but there might be certain area in there where I'm not being completely objective. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and or are there times when you think you have understood a lesson and moved beyond it and it still comes back at you?
0: Oh sure. Oh, I've and, been that many times, many and and
1: times. Then it's like, yeah. There have been times that I've said, "Wait a minute."
0: I've I, experienced this before.
1: I, I've been here before. This is, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, and and I was pretty sure I understood what my lesson was. So, you know, mm-hmm. check your check your book out because I think I passed this one. And usually, that's when I hear laughter because yeah, exactly. because clearly, I I have missed something probably very profound. Yeah. And, and so you go back and you re-examine and it's the son of a gun. Okay, maybe, maybe there, maybe then. And you know, sometimes those lessons keep coming back. More, you know, you you get frustrated, but it's it's the human element of you that's frustrated, and the spiritual side that's laughing its ass off because you you've probably missed the most logical thing.
0: So we have these tangled ideas. You know, we're trying to get to the truth, but we have these twisted matted confused jumbled mixed up messy chaotic ideas which are confusing our thoughts and this is very if you if you if you look inside to see what you're feeling at this point you're going to feel a negative feeling you know whenever you have tangled ideas and confused thoughts you have to tell yourself "Whoa, i have to back up here because no matter if I'm right or wrong, something's wrong here because I'm having a negative thought. And what happens is um, we develop these bad patterns of behavior that we can't break. You know, we ha- have you ever had negative repeating thoughts that you just can't hardly stop? They just continue over and over again? Yeah. This is what we need to learn to break. And break that habit is one of the... Uh, big thing because if you do not, if you allow them negative thoughts to rotate, they will trigger emotions and that's when you really get in trouble because this can lead, as it says here, to manslaughter and murder, among other things.
1: Well, when you look at at times when, um, throughout history, where people have been swept away by replicating The um, emotions of those people around them and not not having um, not taking the time to think for themselves whether this is a good idea or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, there have been riots. There have been times when, you know, mass extinctions have taken place where people have gotten so carried away with a bloodthirsty aspect of their character that, that they haven't paid attention to who they're killing. Um, you know, it. It. I. I think. I, I mean, it. It brings me to pirates. When, when you know, often they would be so enthralled with who they, who their opposition that they would turn on each other as well. Hmm. So you, you know, you can get so caught up in and carried away with that common sense has left your body.
0: I think we must have sent a few Skype messages about this. I think it was you. I was chatting with about this on Skype, about the social justice warriors today. Yeah. There's a whole group of people that are kind of in this tangled ideas and confused thoughts. <laughs> I'm so bad because I'll go out on YouTube. I like to listen to them because I find it kind of entertaining, which is bad because I think this may be what causes the freaking civil war.
1: Well, you know, Billy did predict that there would be a civil war in the United States.
0: Yes, two of them, actually, I believe.
1: Yeah, and, and that ultimately the United States would be divided into five different states, I believe. Yes. Um, and, and this is kind of the area I want to look into with you on Tuesday when we do my show. I, I want to go over his predictions for the future because much as they seemed two years ago to be ridiculous
0: didn't they they seemed yeah. <laughs> absurd i would read these and go how in the hell is that going to happen how can that possibly happen
1: but you know we spent two or three shows a while back i said let's look at his predictions and see how good he was and he, both of us were so floored by how accurate he was with what he was predicting
0: i know i know i Ah, you know, uh, tell people about your show for one thing, since we just threw that out there.
1: Oh, it's called Nightlight. It's on um, Monday nights from 9 to 11. This Tuesday, it's on with Mark. I don't know. Do you want to do 9 to 11 or 8 to 10?
0: (sighs) 8 to 10 would be better, or 8 to (laughs) 9 would
1: be better. 8 to 10 is just fine. Gotcha. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you do that to me every single time
1: And you I manage to said. talk your way through it Every single time
0: <laughs> uh, 2020 Is the year Which is so close 2020 is the year our government Start to, supposed to Break down
1: Well, you know, it. It and it isn't Just Billy that has predicted this No, no um, um, Sylvia Brown In Uh, 2004 predicted that that a lot of this would happen and and you know i've gone back and read her predictions and as as ridiculous as they seem now man alive they're falling into place like crazy and it's um and it's funny because when i did the overview for this year and i think i i I wrote somewhere since then that september was going to be a time of great unsettlement Mm. So, for some reason, to me at the time, September felt as though there were going to be eruptions—not um, not only in in the the physical environment, but in the people as well.
0: I I don't I don't like some of these predictions, man. I tell you, or prophecies is what I should call them. Well,
1: I no, there's a difference between prophecy and prediction.
0: Right, right. Why don't you explain that?
1: Um, predictions are things that might happen, pro- but can be changed. Um, prophecies are things that are absolutely going to happen. Mm. And, um, I mean, Billy Meyer said we were in for 800 years of chaos on the planet before we finally came to a place where um, there was going to be harmony
0: we have been talking about a lot of very interesting things during the first hour, me and Barbara DeLong. We we just enter, um, ended on the, the, the Contact Report 215 talks about two civil wars in the U.S. One will follow the other. But Billy has another prediction that talks about, and I'm trying to find it in my notes. I really didn't plan on talking about this. But in 2020, I think it's when our government here in the United States is supposed to collapse. And you know what's funny, Barbara, is that I would feel just fine if Billy was wrong about this. (laughs) It would not bother me a bit. Not a bit.
1: Well, um, I think that we have a great Constitution, but I think we've fallen away from it. Mm -hmm. I do. And I think that there are A lot of people who have um, taken advantage of power and abused it terribly. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, I, you know, if you can get if you can get those people weeded out, maybe you know. uh, know, I I I'm not a politically oriented person. Me neither. But but I look at the two parties that. We're supposed to work together and now all I see is hate.
0: Hate all the
1: time. And and that won't serve the people well at all. No, it I, won't. I, I don't know what the solution is. Um, unless there's something we can put in the water real fast to make everybody happy.
0: That would be nice. If it there was, would be. <laughs> if there was a, a quick a quick solution to that. But uh, maybe we'll circle circle back to that. You know, there, somewhere in the Meyer material, and I was just looking through my notes while you were talking, there is an event timeline, and I'm just perusing this quickly, and I don't see it, of course. I have to kind of stay on track, or I, uh, I kind of lose my way. And the, a- anyway, there's, there's so much here. There's so much here
1: there is an and you know i want to get back you know for a little bit to reincarnation because yeah yeah me too so many people have the, the thought so many people don't understand that when we pass over the personality goes away
0: it goes away it's not there you can't contact it right
1: right no it's gone and <laughs> and and it's it's sort of like you can't um you know they talk about a life review. That doesn't happen. But what you do work on are those those aspects of of uh, life that that you had difficulty with. and and you do kind of go through the the there is a, a a sort of a a working on those aspects that 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 went wrong somehow. And you know, you work on those aspects till they've dissipated. And that's why the period of time, I think they called it in beyond,
0: in the spirit realm. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and so, so you know, there there is a time where you you do go through places of difficulty, not necessarily personal. You know, you hated the grocer, or you sued somebody for a wrong reason, or any of that. That is that is just so. Not applicable to spiritual evolution Mm -hmm. and i think so many people have the wrong idea about you know okay so this personality goes in and reviews everything and then decides what it's going to do next time and the people it wants to be connected to and all of that that doesn't happen but we do reincarnate in the same area in the same um socioeconomic grouping you know, you aren't uh, you aren't um, a headhunter in one lifetime and a priest in the next. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, there is there are certain gradients gra- gradients of of you know where you flow and and how your spirit evolves and how it works. But um, it, so many people really think that that they are going to be able to. Either not, and and I've heard so many people say, "Well, I'm not coming back anymore. I'm done. I've evolved as far as I'm going to go."
0: You don't and, have that option, do you? know.
1: And you know, I have stopped trying to argue with them. I, I I I basically have said, "You're right. You, the person you are right now, will never come back."
0: That's a good way to say it. That's but a your, your
1: your spirit may have another idea.
0: Yeah, exactly, and. So, okay, let me kind of step back a little bit. I want to talk about the material consciousness, the spiritual consciousness, the psyche, the gamut, and some of these other concepts just to make them clear. Okay. Since we're talking about reincarnation, um, you have a material consciousness. Now, this is who you are in this lifetime. The material consciousness is your current personality. It can become insane. It can have a nervous breakdown. It's vulnerable. The material consciousness is also the part of you that's creative. And I wanted to just read a little bit from the the book called The Psyche. This is such a good book. And it it says that we here on Earth have an unpleasant habit of using false word concepts for things and matters because typically we only partially understand many things. Um, so, truthfully, however, none of these terms apply to the spirit, not spirit illness. Your, your spirit cannot be ill. It cannot. You cannot have a spiritual disturbance. Your spirit form is neutral positive always. It's just like the universe is. The universe is a neutral positive. Um, So, for example, the material consciousness can become ill. The material consciousness can become feeble-minded. It can become confused, like those tangled ideas we were talking about. You know, no matter how tangled your ideas are at the moment, no no, if you're really upset about something, your spirit form is not upset at all. It's completely relaxed. It's completely neutral positive. Now, the spirit itself is a part piece of creation. Now, not literally, but you can think of it in terms of operational definition as like a, a fragment of the universal consciousness. So... The material consciousness is different from the spirit form. The spirit form is untouchable, it's invulnerable, it cannot be harmed. The material consciousness can indeed become disturbed, contrary to your untouchable spirit. Now, there's something called the swinging wave.
2: Mm.
0: Now, this is a very interesting concept. I don't know if you've talked about or read this yet, Barbara.
1: Yeah, I have.
0: Uh, I found it very interesting. In the teaching of the Spirit, there are these periodically built up electro electric and electromagnetic waves. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but I think Billy has alluded to this. When you go into nature and you hear the crickets and the cicadas, and the frogs and the birds when you go into especially as the evening approaches. All of these creatures are said to be connected by these swinging waves or these psychic swinging waves. And at some level, they're aware of each other. And that's why, for example, you can see a flock of birds turn on a dime. And together, instantly, birds. Uh, Like some program or something, like a computer program, they're instantly moving. Same way with the school of fish. Um, The deer kind of act that way, too. They'll all stampede at the same time. But all these creatures are connected together. And what it says in the teaching of the Spirit is that every tiny plant, every tiny animal fulfills its purpose in love. So there's this spiritual energy that permeates all of creation. And it literally is radiating love, but we don't pick up on it as human beings because we're so absorbed in ourselves, we're so absorbed in our own little world, that we cannot sense the radiating love of creation. But part of this is these Swinging waves. So I want to get back to again to the material consciousness. The material consciousness is the part of you that's creative. Your spirit form isn't creative, which is kind of weird. It's your material consciousness will create a drawing. It can create inventions. It can create books. The material consciousness alone can be is the only thing that can be creative, as well as susceptible to illness material consciousness can have health difficulties it can be megalomania your material consciousness can be a megalomaniac let me read this this says, but also the megalomania and the haughtiness and all other negative as well as positive things are founded therein because through the personality i.e. the material consciousness all thoughts and feelings all emotion as well as all electromagnetic powers and swing waves are created. So these electromagnetic swing waves can have immense power and might. And I think later in later incarnations we'll be able to use these. We can't use them yet. Go but, ahead.
1: Mark, doesn't doesn't that make sense because the material consciousness is capable of manifesting within reality. And yeah. none, none of the other levels are. That's so awesome. so so it's the it's the material consciousness that is a link to the planet to the physical form
2: hmm.
1: where where creativity can be manifest. I mean think about it. The, the spirit um Cannot write a book or paint a picture. Right. But given a physical form, one Mm. can do that.
0: That's really interesting. You know, it's so amazing this oneness of creation, this connection to all things. It's just amazing. But you're right. You're right. The material consciousness is where all the creativity comes from. And it's also vulnerable. So and and, and it's where where that's why we have to learn and study so hard in this principle of neutral positive thinking. Because if we just let if we let our boat drift, you know, if you don't steer your ship, if your thoughts drift, then you can get into big problems because your subconscious programs can play. Your negative subconscious programs. Go ahead.
1: Isn't it, it? It's interesting. I, I want to go back to material consciousness because not only is it spirit's way of manifesting within reality, but it's also where spirit gathers the information through that experience of whatever goes on on the physical plane. Hmm. So, so, so in a way, material consciousness is is a channel a two-way channel from spirit to physical and physical to spirit
2: hmm
0: yeah it is that, that's very interesting uh, the material consciousness is it's it's who you are this lifetime when when in the early days and this is more of dr. Bruce Lipton he talks about the first seven years of our life, um, we're in a kind of a theta state, he calls it, and I thought mm-hmm. you guys might find this interesting. Uh, we're in a theta state in the first seven years of your life. You're kind of recording everything. You're looking at your parents. You're seeing what they do, and you're recording everything that they, everything that they say, everything that they do, and that becomes kind of a, a download. It's almost like a template you know you're as a little kid you're you're looking at your parents for everything and what happens as time goes on these programs that you downloaded between 1 and 7 years of age they become these habits and they sit there and they play all the time so in other words, uh, Dr. Lipton talks about these negative programs that are playing in the subconscious that you downloaded for the first seven years of your life. In the first seven years of your life, you're in this hypnotic theta state of mind. And uh, these theta waves are nine to eight hertz. And the theta brain waves often occur in sleep, but they also come in deep meditation. And this Theta State is a gateway to learning, to memory, and intuition. So that's why, and I don't do it enough myself, I don't meditate enough. But meditation will put you in a Theta State. Yep. I, I think listening to certain kinds of music will also put you in a Theta State. I remember you talking about certain kinds of music that you recommend.
1: Solfigio music, yes.
0: Yeah, can you elaborate on that a little bit more?
1: Uh, solfigio music—it—it it, it goes back to the Gregorian chants. I love that. Yeah. And what it does—and um, Ted Winslow um, is the only musician I know that has has music out there that's called Solfeggio. It's S O U L F I G G I O music. But there are there are others. He's just the only one I know of. Mm-hmm. And basically. What it does, it puts you into. If you listen to it with headphones on, and if you have um, Amazon Prime, you can listen to it for free. It mm. puts it puts your consciousness into an alpha theta alpha theta state. Hmm. And um, and the and the solfeggio music that's out there now uses binaural beats. It uses uh, singing bowls. It uses all sorts of different modalities to to um feed your consciousness and and it, the reason you use headphones is because you get different sounds in, in each ear so that it, it what it does is among other things it balances your consciousness
0: well that's interesting because one of the things that dr. Lipton talks about is engaging both hemispheres
2: mm-hmm.
0: of your brain and he said if you'll if you cross your arms in, in front of your chest Uh-huh that, I don't know if you've ever done that, but it, it actually is a very comforting feeling because it causes the left and the right hemisphere to kind of reconnect.
1: Well, I can also tell you a, a really cool way to balance the left and right hemispheres. Have you ever heard of um, paradiddle, the paradiddle?
0: I think I've heard that term, but I don't know what it is.
1: A parad- the paradiddle is a, um, a very basic drum pattern no oh. and and it if if you use your right and your left hand and you go right and you tap it on a table, you go right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left, paradiddle, paradiddle. You can do that on the steering wheel of your car. you can do it on your on your lap when you're waiting for something. If you do the paradiddle for ten, fifteen minutes, you have meditated.
0: That's fascinating that uh I could see where that feels good. Just just thinking about that it feels kind of good.
1: It it and it it, it it is now. I don't drum, but um, I did learn. I, I, my sister <clears throat> my sister drums. <coughs> excuse me, and she taught me the paradiddle, and um, then I found that it balanced the left and right hemispheres of the brain.
0: I don't doubt that.
1: Well, it, you know, once I read that, then I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. When she taught it to me, I thought it was dumb. But but when I <laughs> when I realized that I could actually balance my thoughts and get myself focused without without going through a major ritual of any kind, it made great sense. And I have done that when I was nervous about something, hmm. or if I'm if I was waiting for something, and I. I I just did the paradiddle, paradiddle. You know, uh, not saying it, but but tapping it out. It, mm-hmm. it apparently you have to tap it or drum it, but but tapping is just fine. And the times I use it the most is in the car when I get frustrated.
0: That's a, that's a very good. I like that. I thought, so that goes with the solfeggio tones. This paradiddle tapping, crossing your arms over your heart, uh, also putting your feet up, crossing your legs. It integrates both the left and the right hemisphere. And what we're trying to do is to kind of put ourselves in this theta state, right? The, the alpha or the theta state.
1: Well, and if you if you cross your ankles and fold your hands, mm-hmm. you've sealed your aura.
0: Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> this is totally, totally <laughs> off. I mean, it's just cool, though. I like it. I well, like
1: it, it. It, it's all, you know, these are all not tricks but these are skills that you can use to enhance yourself physically speaking that 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 don't require so much today so so many things today have been made into a ritual and and another great way to relax yourself is to is to um, I want to make sure I use the right word not visualize but to Imagine breathing through your feet.
0: What? Yep. How do you imagine that? I can't imagine that.
1: Well you shut your eyes and you you literally see the air coming in through your feet and going out through your feet.
0: That's that's different.
1: And and it, it relaxes the heck out of you.
0: Okay. Okay. It's,
1: it is a form of meditation.
0: Very, very interesting. We were talking about the material consciousness.
1: Yes, sorry about that. (laughs) No, no,
0: no, no. that's okay, that's okay. Um, The material consciousness is susceptible to illness and other health difficulties. The spirit form isn't. You can be a megalomaniac, you can be haughty in your material consciousness, and then we talked about the swinging waves. Now, no illness and no terrible things can happen to your spirit form. They cannot be harmed, they cannot be injured, they cannot be disturbed in any way. It's untouchable in that sense. Now, we have the material consciousness, which is is your personality, this lifetime. Your spiritual consciousness is the sum total of all your lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Your material consciousness has something called the psyche, and that's what this whole book is named on. The psyche controls the thoughts and the feelings of the material consciousness. You also have something called the gemut. The gemut controls the thoughts and the feelings of the spiritual consciousness. So, let me read this a little bit about the psyche. It says, the psyche is referred to as that half-material block and factor which within the material body of a life form, in this case the human being, regulates and looks after the material consciousness-based feelings and the material consciousness-based thoughts. So we can be, in the material consciousness-based thoughts, we can be positively or negatively unequalized, or we can be askirtit, as we were talking about earlier. Now the gemut is that blocking factor within the spirit body of a life form and I've not heard Billy elaborate too much on the spirit body, which I'd like to learn more about. It says, the gamut regulates and looked at, looks after the spirit consciousness-based feelings and the spirit consciousness-based thoughts in a constant equalized form. In this spirit form, it cannot be influenced by negative powers, um, but only neutral positive ones. Um, a neutral positive... W- Power is an equalized form of positive and negative. So the gamut always has this equalized harmony. So even if your completely material consciousness is falling apart, having nervous breakdown, your spirit form is completely relaxed, and this gamut supplies your psyche with what's called a harmonious swinging wave. In necessary amounts. And these swinging waves come out of the realm of cosmic electromagnetic life energy. There is a cosmic electromagnetic life energy that comes from the creation. Which was one of the things that we could be talking about tonight. Which would probably be a a good segue into talking a little bit more about creation. But this, this is... Different than the material consciousness, which can create negative or positive thoughts. Your spirit form, your gamut, can only create neutral, positive thoughts. So, And it only absorbs that which is neutral, positive. Now, here is something interesting, too. This gamut has no direct connection with the material body. And indeed, then also not, I'll read here. When the human being erroneously speaks of the gamut as that factor which supposedly comes forth, the feeling life, uh, the gamut form, the gamut direction, the state of mind, the attitude, the heart, life, the soul, the feeling direction, the feeling and the inclination. It goes on and on and on here. Um, So the gamut is controlling the thoughts and the feelings of the spiritual consciousness The psyche controls the thoughts and the feelings of the material consciousness. Now, we have also a conscious mind. And when the spirit form comes into the body, your conscious mind is not developed at all. You've got to learn to walk again. You've got to learn to talk again. You've got to learn everything again. Now, if your spirit form has a certain age to it, programmed within your subconscious are things I, and this is total speculation on my part, but I think when these great virtuosos just appear at three years of age, I believe they've been programmed in that subconsciousness with some of this knowledge they come in with with a certain amount of 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 knowledge in the subconscious
1: but could it also be connecting to a past life where they were masters of that particular aspect
0: well that's what i'm saying is that i mean it could be that they're connecting also with the storage banks where this yeah. information would be yes or it also maybe it's programmed in the subconscious he really hasn't really commented on that too much okay and i also talked about the subconsciousness and for the first seven years of our life we're in a theta state we're recording things we're downloading things and then later in life we may have to correct some of the programming that was not not good yeah so that's one of the big issues and that's why i was talking about repeating those like positive mantras i'm confident I'm optimistic, I'm relaxed, I'm cheerful. So one of the things that Barbara and I are going to focus on in this program is the creation. We're going to talk about, we've talked about reincarnation, we've covered the creational natural laws quickly. We've talked a little bit about the Might of Thoughts book. Uh, but I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about creation. Our universe is 46 trillion years old. And it has a sister universe called the Tao universe, which is also created at the same time. Now, so these universes are kind of parallel universes. Now, when Billy was 16 years old, he met his second contact, who is named Ascot, a lady from the Tao universe. And she sent a robotic ship to meet Billy. And it landed on a hill where Billy was waiting one cold evening in Switzerland. And it rushed him off to the other side of the globe to the Middle East. And he landed in Jordan and went from a cold climate into the desert. And then when... Asket brought her ship down. This gigantic ship was like 300 meters in diameter. It landed. And the two eventually got in her ship and went to the Great Pyramid, where they went far below into these old cubicle constructions. Now, the Meyer material says the Great Pyramid is 73,000 years old. It has these old cubicle constructions and this is uh, something I've talked about many times, I'm covering very, very quickly, is that Billy saw what are called the Giza intelligences, and they had a very ancient spacecraft far below the Giza Plateau. And these people are no longer here, here. They were a group, a renegade group, connected with the Pleiaren, and they have been attacking the people of the Earth for their own purposes, not physically attacking so much as psychically or mentally through these, what they're called, um, almost like a hypnotic, a telenotic impulse. That's what they called it. And these telenotic impulses have been used against the people of the earth for the longest time to corral us into religions and to keep us away from a true understanding of creation. So this is kind of, we can go into this in more detail later. So what is creation? Well, creation is our universe. It has a physical aspect to it. And the physical aspect includes uh, an egg shape. It's spiral shaped. It has seven belts. And these belts are counter-rotating against one another. And the fourth belt is the solid state matter universe. And this is where all matter exists planets, galaxies, meteors, comets, gases, dark matter. It's in this uh, solid state matter universe belt. And what happens is there's a negative energy which moves into this material belt and a positive energy energy, and the, t- the, the two come together to form matter in the material universe. So, the negative energy comes from the fifth belt, which is the transformation belt, and moves into the uh, material universe. Then the, the positive energy comes from the third belt, and the two come together. So, there's always a negative and a positive in our universe. And these two powers, they belong together. And they should never be separated. And that's why in your life, if you try to separate the negative and the positive, if you try to get rid of the negative, which is what people tend to do, you're going to create what's called unbalance or it in your life. The creation, the material belt, is about 45 billion years old, which is pretty young, considering our universe is 46 trillion years old. So what happens in our universe is matter, it's going away, and it dissolves in energy. And these positive and negative Energies come from these two adjacent belts and form new matter. So we have the seven belts of our universe. The fourth belt is the solid-state matter universe belt. Now, our creation is the first form of creation. It's the youngest form of creation. Later, our universe will not have material in it the next stage of our universe will not have material in it so what happens is our universe expands for about 155 trillion years and then it goes into a contraction phase for about 155 trillion years i believe it is and then we go into a dormant stage and then there there is a big bang and the whole process starts all over again so that that was a quick overview just a quick overview of creation uh, <laughs> did you have anything to add to that barbara <laughs>
1: um <clears throat> well yeah i mean if since since this belt is the is the one that the only, the only belt, the only wherever where there is a physical presence for our spirit to manifest in. What happens at the end of that time when this belt disappears and there is no longer a place for our spirits to manifest physically?
0: That's a good question. I think what happens by then, we'd be already merged. According to Meyer information, we'd be already merged with creation. It's, it's a little disturbing, actually, to me, to think of no material belt.
1: Yeah, I mean, where would we play?
2: <laughs>
0: it, this is what it says. This is what Michael Uderbrock does, some of the most interesting work on creation, and try to look him up on YouTube. And he has this whole section on creation. And he says, our creation is the lowest form of all creations. Our creation has the lowest swinging wave. It is the least old. It is the least developed of all creation forms. Our creation is at the very beginning of its evolution. And uh, it will continue to expand for 155.5 trillion years old. And during this expansion phase is the only time material beings are created. Only in the first, ex- only in this expansion phase are spiritual forms created. Now our creation then will eventually go into a contraction phase. So that's one great time. One great time is three hundred and eleven trillion years, which is. And a great time consists of a single expansion and a single contraction. So the 155 trillion years of expansion plus 155 trillion years of contraction.
1: Where are we in the expansion period?
0: 46 trillion years into the expansion period. We got
1: a we got a while to go before we have to worry. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> okay. We will we'll, we'll be already merged with creation long before that happens, so Whatever that really means, which I I couldn't even completely tell you exactly what that
2: means. Well, I'm not
1: sure I can even conceptualize it. Yeah. Um, You know, when when all your frame of reference is, you know, a single lifetime.
0: Or your frame of reference is material. I I have a a mostly material frame of reference, which I didn't realize that.
1: I think all of us do.
0: I would imagine we do. Now, one of the interesting things about spiritual teachings is that it talks about the earth people being mostly materialistic intellectual thinkers, which evidently is very, very bad. And what I would say about that is that most people use their senses only Eyes, ears, smell, and they only think what is real is what comes through the senses. Yeah, which there's is a really bad, I think. Sorry.
1: There's there's a um, train of thought that says that that humanity really is solar plexusly oriented, so that you know we think from our solar plexus and we react from it. And if you can step back and Think and react from your spirit, which would be, you know, your third eye area. Um, you have a different perspective on everything that's going on.
0: That's a good point. That is extremely interesting. I don't know if you can elaborate on that or not, but that's continue.
1: Oh uh, well, yeah. I it's it's most of us have been have grown up in a more reactive um, environment. And, and so, you know, that old adage of trust your gut, um, w- well, yes, sometimes it does work, but the reality is if you're going only from feelings and you're not going from spirit, mm-hmm. then, then you are sinking into a lower level of, of conceptualization and, and thought process. And if you stop and if you switch your focus to your spirit self, and look through, you know, I use the third eye, um, and and look at it from a more spiritual perspective, then you're going to be hitting into, you know, the use of the natural laws and and the creational natural laws, and you're going to be able to incorporate them into your responses. The solar solar plexus is is almost a knee-jerk reaction when you... when you when you when you step back and you look through a more spiritual perspective, then you then you broaden your ability to see the potential of what's happening.
0: Uh, Billy talks. Okay, let me let me read this and maybe we can discuss this. it. as this says all the measures which the normal human being grasps in his material intellectual thinking. In order to attain peace, happiness, and strength Always show themselves as deceitful While this constant controlledness of the human being Who is living according to the spirit Is pulsed through with the dynamic power of creation Anyway, if you read Contact Report 18 This idea of the material intellectual thinking Keeps coming back over and over again I remember back when I was reading and looking at this I kept coming up with people, particularly in the UFO ex- exopolitical realm, which they had this material intellectual thinking. Which I—it's hard for me to put the words in, but it's like a disorientation from life. Would you agree?
1: Oh yeah, I yeah I absolutely agree. And <clears throat> when when you are reacting or thinking. Um, through your solar plexus, you are—you're really reacting on a very basic basis of you know survival instinct. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And when you switch your focus to to a more spiritual perspective, then you understand a little bit more about the reason things are coming at you and how to how to deal with them in a in a more gentle, loving way. Um, it's it's hard to do. Hmm. But 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 you know, you you, you have these these wonderful <clears throat> creational um, laws and and you don't apply the you, you you read them, you understand them, but you don't practice them. Hmm. And that's that's where most of us stumble and fall. And it's easy it's easy to follow them when things are going well.
0: Let me read this line 51. It says, Of decisive significance thereby are patience and endurance and the development of higher understanding, recognition, and the application of cosmic and universal love, deepening of spiritual knowledge and ability, and deepening of knowledge and ability pertaining to the consciousness as well as... The switching off of the material intellectual thought powers. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's one of the things we have to learn to do is switch off these material intellectual thought powers. And it defines what they are. It says egoism, materialism, pride, envy, greed, jealousy, and so forth.
1: Well, I think you need both. You have to have a balance. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, other you know, it's like you're positive and negative. It's 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 like it's like being in neutral. If you don't understand the one, you can't express the other.
0: That that is a, a interesting point too. Listen to what it says here. He is no longer at the mercy of material temptations because that which is concealed within him as spiritual knowledge. And ability and knowledge and ability pertaining to the consciousness Is his dialogue partner mm-hmm. And his guide Now that is very interesting
1: Well there is also a um, A philosophy That Excuse me Your greatest teacher Is your greatest adversary And And the wow. um, and, yeah, <laughs> and and this the uh, story comes from the Dalai Lama, who y- you know his you know he was um, he was chased out of in, in he was chased out of wherever he was and um, I forget who what who who was it that chased him out?
2: Mount
1: um, <laughs> Stung?
0: I don't know. That is, is very interesting to me. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was, and and somebody asked him, you know, and uh, of course he was, he wasn't, still is in isolation, and and you know he's 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 he he's not been home in a long time, and somebody asked him who his greatest teacher was, and he said Tse Tong.
0: I wonder why.
1: Because he forced him into understanding and forgiving. Wow. And when I look at people in my life who have given me. You know, difficulties. I realized that I grew so much from the experience that they taught Mm. me a great deal. I did not write thank you notes. But, but. Right. You know, it. it.
0: Which is understandable, right? Yeah. Typically, you don't write thank you notes for all the grief they caused you, right?
1: But it. No, but it's true. A long time ago, I did a barter with an astrologer. And when it was his turn to read me, he told me I was going to die in six months. Oh, and <clears throat> and he told me, you know, there was no other way of interpreting it. There was, you know, he just went on and on and on and on and on. Well, for six months, it changed my life. I I, I lived in fear. I checked oh, you myself. Did. Oh yeah, i I knew I was fine and I was healthy. But at the same time, he had planted that seed.
0: Oh, that unhealthy thought.
1: And and really, it frightened me. And so you know, and that was 30 years ago, so obviously it didn't happen, but, but he taught me something, he taught me that, that I should never say anything to someone else that I wouldn't happily accept myself.
0: Oh, that's a good point.
1: And it was an amazing lesson. Hmm. Did, Did not write a thank you letter, but it, it was a bad experience and, and, you know, I was angry at him and I was furious at him. And then as I look back years later, I realized that he taught me such a profound lesson.
0: Do you feel like, um, did you, I mean, obviously you didn't die. Do you feel that you lost a little respect for him?
1: Um, I was angry and um, I thought some terrible things about him. Um because I gave him a great reading, and and um, I, yes, I lost respect. Because you know, when you when you are giving somebody a reading or messages or whatever, they're 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 an open, you know, they're they're wide open for you. You're planting seeds, and your obligation, in my opinion, is to give them positive information so that when bad things do happen, they have tools to combat them with.
2: Hmm. Wow. And
1: so it. it, it and I, I've had you know supervisors when I taught school who were, oh my God, mortal enemy, and and yet they taught me something about myself. They taught my me my strength. They taught me, um, <clears throat> my self respect. They 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 reminded me that I was a stronger person than I thought I was. So my best teachers have been those that have been my greatest adversaries.
0: Wow. Hmm. Well, you know, there, I think sometimes the difficult things of life do teach us.
1: Well, they're meant to. Yeah. And if we can't pull a positive from them, then the lesson will come back again.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's true that I have read somewhere in the contact reports that talks about people having the same errors over and over again through, through lifetime after lifetime. Mm -hmm. By the way, I think we've only got about 10 minutes left, don't we?
1: Yeah.
0: So we're kind of running out of time here. I want to read something. It's called just a paragraph out of how it all began. And this is Billy. He wrote this later, but he had this experience when he was about three years old or four years old. He says, this is everything of which I became aware during this night as a little boy, who was just four years old, everything which exists in the whole universe is a manifestation of the might and the infinite and true love of that mighty universal consciousness, which is simply called creation. And together with it, creation. Everything that was created by, it is creation. Everything existing in the whole universe. Everything which crawls and flies However, true love, as well as the true love of creation itself, of which I became aware, is a form of the incomprehensibly radiating light of the Zohar. The Zohar is the Big Bang, which permeates everything and allows all life and all existence to pulsate. Therefore, true love is light, which in turn perceives light and endlessly radiates further and never ends but always keeps accumulating and this love is also existent and recognizable in all matter as well as in the human being in whom it is present as a result of the creational spirit in which he just has to let grow in him internally and externally whereby true love again "...reflects true love and harmony. This true love is the reality and not, however, all the illusions and unreal dreams which the human being procures, which can never realize as they, exactly like smoke, only obscure his view and do not allow him to recognize what true love really is and what he himself is in reality." within the universal drive mechanism of creation. The exterior of the body of the human being is namely impermanent and transient. However, the true love of creational nature, which is anchored in his true inner being, in the spirit, is pure light of being and is imperishable. I love this. This is one of his most profound and beautiful writings of all it's called how it all began i'll read just a little bit more it says already at the age of four this great recognition constantly changed my life because after i was familiarized with this insight and understanding by means of the impulses from the storage banks and also learned who i really was what i had to learn and do in my life and what my life task was I looked at all human beings, animals, and nature as well as all existing things in a completely new way and suddenly felt a great astonishment within myself about that, which I now discovered. Mm. I suddenly saw myself in everything, in every fellow human being, in every plant, or other plant, in every tree and shrub, in every animal, in snow and water, in the earth, in the lightning and the thunder, in the clouds, in the wind and in the sunshine, because everything was and is connected in true creational love and forms a unity which can never be separated. Even life and death are woven into it and are inseparably intertwined with each other. And exactly as a result of this connection, which was instantly clear to me. Everything is mixed and connected and infinitely various ways through which innumerable manifestations of life and existences were created, exist, and will continue to be created. This is one of the most beautiful paragraphs of information I've read in a long time. We're about out of time almost, aren't we?
1: Yeah, I I find it interesting that he had this realization at four.
0: Four years old. I'm still not there. I've been trying for a decade to get there, and I can't get there. But,
1: but, and yet, he ran away from home and joined the Foreign Legion, and, and, you know, somehow that must have gone to the back of his mind for a while.
0: I think he had a real thirst for adventure. Yeah. (laughs) He did. He explains that. Oh but yeah, I,
1: no. I'm sure he did. I mean, you know, he
0: not me, you know, not okay. like that, I'm not at that level. Heck no. I, I mean, he's the only
1: person I really know of that really ran away and joined the foreign legion.
0: Yeah, he had some rough times too over there in the Middle East.
1: He did. He, he did.
0: lost his left arm, right?
1: Bus accident. It, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then uh, I mean, that's that's not a fun thing to go through at all.
1: Well, he it doesn't seem to have held him back any.
0: No, 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 and even his wife, which turned against him,
2: uh-huh.
0: was part of this whole. For some reason, he was supposed to marry her, and even the pressure—I don't know if it was the pressure of that relationship or what—but that helped push him along. I remember it talks about. Sounds like a pain to me, but.
1: <laughs> no don't. thank you notes. No thank you notes.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So anyway. What what I've been reading from is passages from something called How It All Began. And this is something that Billy experienced at four years of age, back when he was living in Bulach, Switzerland. And I think we're out of time. Thanks a lot. Catch you next Good night.